This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Nakia Peterkin, we get into the nitty gritty of her writing, Whose Life Do You Want to Live? We talk about the hardest part, or the most difficult part, and the easiest part, and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Nakia Peterkin. <laughs> that that is such a profound way of thinking. I don't know how many people actually sit down and realize that there are many of the, you know, the actions and the ways they go about life are put on them mm-hmm. by, you know, babysitters, parents, teachers, all of that. Right, right. And I think it's powerful that you can open your mind once you realize that, that you, you mm-hmm. can make your own decisions and you can decide who you want to be, where you want to go, whose life do you want to live? <laughs> How many right, times are we right. going to say that during the conversation? Listen. Um, uh, Two-part question for you. Mm-hmm. We'll start with part one. What was the hardest part of the book to write? Just for flow of mind, emotionally, anything, whatever hard means to you. I think the hardest or part difficult. of the book... I'm sorry, maybe not hard, difficult, sorry. I think the most difficult part of the book would have to be chapter two, Decisions, Decisions. So in that chapter is really when I started to break down a little bit more of the, the pros and cons of this person's life and of the imaginary person's life. And it was hard because in writing that chapter, I had to face, I had to go back and face those things that were put upon me from other people because I didn't want to write the book with that bias. I didn't want to write a book that said, having five cars as wealth is a pro and have that be something that everyone believes just because I said it. Because for me, personally, that would be a waste of money. I don't need five different cars. I definitely probably need more than one depending on where I live. Like if I live somewhere and, you know, the winters are really crazy, then of course I wouldn't use my summer and spring car in the winter, but I definitely don't need five cars. I don't think that's a smart way to use your money. So I didn't want the book to turn into me imposing my life onto someone else's life and them living my life through them. Okay. The same way, you know what I mean? That's literally what I've written in the book. I didn't want to then turn onto someone else. And so that chapter was hard because I had to keep facing, well, do, do you believe that this is a sign of wealth? Why is it a sign of wealth, Nikia? Who told you it was a sign of wealth? Is this something you actually believe? Or are you just spitting out what you saw in the movies? Are you literally doing what, you, what you're asking the reader not to do with their lives anymore? And I had to go back and forth on each step. And even in the first draft of the book, a lot of the, in the, in the first draft of the book, there was no cons list in this in the final there is and that's because when one of the people who i reached out to to help read it and give thoughts on it said do you really believe that there are no cons and if so can you explain to me why they asked me do you really really believe there are no cons in your list and i said no i don't believe that before the effect of having them like see how biased their thoughts are, I didn't do that. 
and he said to me, well, in you, in you trying to show them their bias, your bias is showing. Be honest about what you feel, what you think, and then allow the reader to believe and think whatever they want. If you believe there are cons in the list, say there are cons in the list. Allow the reader to agree or disagree. And so that's why in the in the one you can buy, in the version of the book that you can buy in this kind of version, well, in this first edition, you see a cons list. But at first there wasn't one. And so what what that, was the... What was an easier part of the book for you to write? Oh, the imagine this. Um, I, and that's, I think there are two reasons why. The first part is because I am definitely like a fiction-based writer. I can write about worlds and worlds and worlds forever, forever. <laughs> and so right. I, I just love it. I just love that, you know, and to create that picture. So doing the both imagine this were amazing and so easy for me because it literally just felt like I was creating the most beautiful worlds anyone has ever seen. Ones that aren't only filled with material things, but are also filled with love and emotion and honesty on a level that a lot of people don't write about when it comes to those imaginary worlds. A lot of times you'll see in fiction books, that they'll give those things to characters, but they don't give those things to the world. The worlds are just these basic worlds. So they'll say, oh, she walked on a gorgeous all day, and her walk was stern because she was on her way to blah. But, they, but why can't the world be stern? Why can't she be the gorgeous one and the world around her be stern? They don't, certain qualities they don't give to the world. They just give it to the people. And I think, that those things should be interchangeable. You should be able to say that the world around a character is an honest world. You don't have to only say that the the world is cold or the world is, you know, cruel. blue skies. <laughs> yeah. cruel. Like, you know what I mean? There are other things that you can say. And so that's why both of the imaginists in the first chapter and in the last chapter were by far my easiest chapters to write. Logistically, for the listeners, what is your writing style? Basically, that's a vague question, so I'm going to make it more specific. What did you write the okay. book on, time of day, um, et cetera? Anything that comes to mind? What What did I write the book on? Yes. Yeah. You typed it up. What did you type it on? Did you, was oh, this yeah. a schedule <laughs> thing? Did you sit in front of a window? Did you just do it on notes as it came about? You know any of that. Mm -hmm. So when I first started the book there in Connecticut, there happened to be a, a desk and right in front of this desk was a window that faced out into these, a bunch of trees. It was like fall time. Um, so not like it was fall time. So <laughs> <laughs> it was fall. Right, right. And when you look out of the window, there were all these beautiful trees and leaves and like a little wind blow. And it was literally like, I felt like I was in a little cottage somewhere, like drinking hot cocoa and just chilling with this little deck and writing. So that's what, that's what first prompted me. It, it 
felt like I was surrounded by peace just looking out that window, and that's what made me want to write. And I also think that's partly why I took such a long time off because when I was in my depression, I was living in the city. There was I had no window in my room that faced out to anything. I had one window, and it faced to a brick building across the street. And so I saw a brick out my window. And I never really left the room because of the people I was living with at the time. I didn't want to be around them. So I never really left my room. If I wasn't going to the gym or going to work, I was inside my room at all times. So I wasn't in a space that felt conducive to creativity at all. Uh, On top of that with the depression. And then when I moved out of there, I had to go stay with my grandma because I was about to go have surgery and I needed to be with someone who could help take care of me. So that was another like depressive kind of place to be in. Um, because I really couldn't do all of the things that I needed to do. And then I went and did a show in Georgia, and it was great, but I was doing a show, so I didn't have time. And then finally when I got back to being able to write, and I did all this in my notebook. All of this happened in my notebook because I don't – I personally don't believe in typing until the very last minute. I'm old school. I want to be able to pick up a book, pick up the paper, pick it up, feel it, read it, cross it out, make a little note, go back. I want to see it with my my eyes and feel it with my hands, the work that I've done. So I did all of this in the notebook, and when I finally was able to pick back up, I was here in Rochester, a place where I look out the window and I see the trees, and I can feel the space. It feels a lot more open. It's quiet. So I do feel like this type of atmosphere is definitely a lot more, a lot more conducive to my creative juices, which is so crazy because it's the creative juices that have to do with writing because this type of atmosphere for me, as far as singing, doesn't really do much. If I'm going to sing, I'm going to sing. And I don't really have an issue with where that where that takes place. But with my writing, I really, really need to feel the nature around me. And I need to feel that space. And so that's what I did as far as space, as far as writing. And then when I got into the, the drafts of it, that's when I typed it up. And by typed it up, I mean I got on my phone because I don't have a laptop. And I went into the little Apple uh, Pages app, and I started typing it out like you do a text message. I look down at the page. I see the words. I write it. And I did that for, like, the first three chapters, and then it was taking too long. So then I did the voice. You know, you just (laughs) click it. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I was like, this don't take too long. I just held on to it, said my words, watched it type in. And kept it moving. So that's how I that's how I typed up the book. A mixture of like texting it out on my phone and then just doing the voice to speech. Um which was interesting. It was interesting. You know <laughs> I'm not a- <laughs> you you might be the first author that I know of, and maybe some of the listeners would um have heard different, but you'd be one of the first authors I know of that would uh, say that they've written their book verbally. 
you know, as opposed to sitting down and writing, because mm-hmm. when you you speak different than you type or write, yeah. you know, or what yeah. you hear is different than what you say. So, yeah, that's um, that. I really appreciate you diving into all of this for us today. This is like I'm so excited. I really hope everyone listening takes a look at this book. Um, you can get it on Amazon. Um, yeah. Kindle version and a printable version. Yep. So yes, either way, you know, if you don't want to spend money on trees, you can easily listen to it online. Um, yes, you can. What do you want people to take away from this book? I would like people to take away that you or we are the only people in charge of how we live. I know that there are a lot of outside forces. That's something that's undeniable. Yes, there are outside forces. But they don't determine how we live. They can't. If they do, that's how you end up in jobs you don't want to be in. That's how you end up in depression. That's how you end up walking around like a zombie for the rest of your life. When you give them control of you and what you do and I want this book to be able to shake to shake someone and to say the choice has always been within you always if you want to do what other people are doing if you want to follow the directions of the story that's already been written just know that that's a choice that you're making but if you don't want to do that if you want to travel down a different road, that is okay, and that is very, very much available to you. All you have to do is do it. All you have to do is step out on faith, on understanding, on, on whatever it is that you need, God or the universe, whatever it is, step out on it and trust and believe it will come back to you. Amen. That's right. I um I so appreciate you taking this time to chat with me today. I I feel like this book is such a huge part of your life and I feel like it can be such a huge part of others as well as uh they continue to grow cuz everything will resonate differently with everyone who reads the book. Mm-hmm. Um is there anything else you want to add here before we wrap up for today? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, I don't think so. And then I'm going to say something. My apologies. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I hope that any and everyone who reads this book is honest with themselves because that is the only way we will have a society of truly wealthy people, people who are living a life that they are proud of, a life that they are proud to share with others, a life that they are so happy to wake up to every single day. And one that has no pressure outside of the pressure you put upon it. Because we all deserve that kind of life. We all deserve that. We deserve to say, this is important to me, and it does not matter if it's not important to anyone else. And, and I know that it's not easy. I know that it's not. Every single day, I 
learn something new about myself that does not belong to me. Every single day. And I have to say, okay, well, how do we want to go about unprogramming this, leaving it off to the side, and reprogramming with something that belongs to me, that is mine? How do we do it? It's a daily journey. And I say daily journey and not daily struggle because it's also important that we feed ourselves with the words that are going to promote that growth within ourselves. If I said it's a daily struggle to deal with all the things that aren't mine that I've been living with, then I will struggle with them. And it will be hard to deprogram them. But it's not hard. It just takes time. And time is, time is relevant. You know, I think especially now with everything that's going on, I think there are people who don't even realize how relevant time is. For some people, time is fleeting. But for some of us, time just is. And what we do with what time is will push us in whichever direction we need to be pushed in or we need to be moved in. I, you know, just for the, for the example, I have been in Rochester since March. It is now October. I only just made the decision. I made the decision that I wanted to have a car by September. By the end of September, I wanted to have a car. I made that decision in August. The end of September came. I didn't have a car, and I said, I said, see, Nakia, you were this close, but you started to doubt yourself because of what other people were saying. What happened that next week, first week of October? I got a car. Because I said, okay, it's, we need to deprogram this. And I, I left it. I left it where it was. Same thing with the apartment. I didn't decide I wanted to get into an apartment until around June. I said, oh, I need to get into an apartment ASAP. I got into my apartment in August. I needed the job. I put in an application one week. The next week I was hired. And even still, some people in my very family will say to me, I can't believe you did that all so quick. Maybe I wouldn't have done like that. It might have taken me. And that's okay. You can share how long it would have took you. You can say, I wouldn't have done it like that. But the fact of the matter is because Nakia decided to live her life the way she saw fit, she got every single thing she wanted in a matter of months. In a pandemic where everyone is saying that there's nothing to be had. That should tell you right there that it's all about the programming. You're listening all day to people tell you that 2020 is the worst year. And now you're living the worst year. Because you are living their life. You're living their truth. I'm not living that life. I'm not living that truth. And because of that, I am flourishing. And because of that, the people around me who are doing the same thing are flourishing. I'm not the only one. I know several people in my life who are having the best year. And it's because they're not allowing the media to poison their minds with hate. Hate is everywhere. 
it's a choice to swallow it and to chew it and to digest it every day. I close my mouth when hate comes around because I don't want to swallow it. I don't want to chew it. I definitely don't want it sitting in my stomach. (laughs) You know? So I don't do that. (laughs) So this is... I want, I really, really, really want people to know and to believe that this is all right here. It's right here. There are no excuses. So just choose how you want to do it and get it done. That's it. Choose how you want to do it and get it done. I, uh, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 if I said anything else, I'd be repeating what you said. I think, um, (laughs) It's so, it's so, so well articulated and so right. Everything that you shared in this conversation. I, um, I, I think it's been really, really great. I'm so, I'm so happy that for you, that you got this book out. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful step in the right direction. Um, I'm guessing there's more down the road. Oh yes, there's definitely more. Um, like I mentioned earlier, very briefly, this is just the first edition. I definitely see myself adding on to the book, um, finessing the, the writing style. Even though I do like my writing style, I think there are some ways that I can make it more relatable. And so down the line, I would definitely be do, doing that. But I also have a lot more writing that I want to do. And not only in self-help or motivation or spiritual ways. So it's important to me to, to make sure that I'm being honest with myself and in, in not wanting to be boxed. I don't, just because my first published book is a self-help book doesn't mean I am a, self, a self-help author. Yeah. That's not what that means to me, which is, Honestly, one of the the reasons why I decided to self-publish because when I was shopping around it and, and, you know, sending these emails about, would you, you know, rep me for my book, every single thing is a box. And it has to be when you're looking for representation because they need to know how exactly they can best market you. But the downside of that is that when you know you are more than one thing, a box does not serve you. It hinders you. And then you repeat the cycle of being programmed with someone else's life. Because some people are very much okay with living a life that is pre-programmed. And so they teach it to those who they come in contact with. But if that's not what you want, then you have to, you know, go find your own path. And so self-publishing really helped me to do that. Because when I go into these other ventures, I have a play I'm looking to write. I have um, a nonfiction. So, well, nonfiction, that's going to come a little, a little ways down the road, but <laughs> I have that. And I, <laughs> I have the, you know, a couple fiction things coming up. When, when those things come out, the last thing that anyone will say will be, oh, I thought that was a self-help author. How do you think that? You didn't right. think that. Right, you right. thought I was an actress. You thought I was a model. You thought I was a singer. You thought I was a freestyle rapper. You thought I was a self-help author. And now you're going to think that I am whatever I set my mind to. And you would be exactly correct. Uh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you for this today. Thank you. I, I, must, I must end the, the conversation with 
the billboard question, which I think I know the answer to. Answer to. (laughs) But um, yeah, metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? I'd have to say, whose life do you want to live? My own. (laughs) Very good. Very good. I like that. I love it. I love you. I love the book. Thank you again, Amazon.com, Whose Life Do You Want to Live? Or Nakia Peterkin. You can search either one. It'll come up. Uh, you can get a Kindle or you can get it paperback. And those links yes. will be in the in the bio of this conversation, the profile. Nakia. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Nakia Peterkin. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.